the Crime of the Century podcast, where we expose higher education as a scam that it is. I'm Kevin Prendeville, and I believe that because of what we're teaching our students, we're losing an entire generation. And today, as always, we'll be diving headfirst into controversial subjects, undaunted by political correctness. Now, something that we typically dance around on the show has been morality or lack thereof in both the student body, but more importantly, in the professorship of today's modern, modern college campus. Exactly how do we analyze history and what makes us who we are if we don't have any sort of guidelines when it comes to morality? But the lack of rules has led us to the crime of the century. So, what I mean by guidelines is that how do we know, and I'm not talking about just the Ten Commandments, but of course they are moral grounds to stand on. So if we're going to throw those out, which has been the goal of these secularists that have taken uh, roots since about 1900 in both our academic institutions and the media and our political institutions, their goal is not to get rid of religion, but get make make it private, where everyone comes to that the, the, their own religious belief by themselves. You don't talk about it or talk to anyone about it. So. That being said, where does morality without the Ten Commandments, without religion, where does that come from? So our laws, our system of government, all is based on a couple of different traits, especially in the United States, where the rights that we all have that are inherent in freedom of expression, freedom of speech, the right to defend ourselves in the Second Amendment, those rights, the right to own property, the right to have dominion over your family and of course within the framework of the law, do what you want with that land, with your family to have stewardship or ownership of something. Where, where does that all come from? Well, it comes from a biblical base. The Founding Fathers, though they weren't dogmatic in terms of, you know, they weren't, they weren't strictly Protestant, although some were, or strictly Catholic, and none of them were Catholic, but the idea now was that, is that the Founding Fathers just sort of they just came up with these ideas. Well, and we've been over their, their philosophical grounding and where they stood and how they got to their beliefs, but how did they know what was right? How did they know what was moral and what wasn't? You see someone like, uh, uh, Cortez, uh, Alexandra uh, Cortez, and she says, you know, you have to, it's not about being factually right, it's about being morally right. Well, fine, but 
where does your morality come from? And how do you know that it is moral in terms of it makes you a good person? What is morality anyways? Because, and I hate always bringing up this example. I do not like using, uh, I feel it's overdone to use, I can call me a history hipster if you want, but I hate bringing up uh, uh, Hitler to, to prove historical points unless, unless it's necessary. And here I think it is in the sense that they truly believed that what they were doing to minorities, to Jewish people, was morally right. They thought they were doing a service to the world. That's why they kept records of the amount of gas used, the amount of munitions spent on murdering 10 million people, primarily Jewish, but also uh, there were minorities, uh, Africans that had immigrated from the German colonies to Germany um, and then got caught after World War I stuck in Nazi Germany. So, uh, gypsies as well. There were a lot of minorities who got caught in this genocide. Why, if the Nazis knew what they were doing was wrong or morally reprehensible, why would you keep a record of it? Is it because they were so arrogant they figured they were going to win? Well, no, because according to, there was almost a coup in, in 1938 against Hitler because the military thought they were, that Hitler was going to drive them to a war with the great powers and they were going to get kicked around again. I mean, because of course, unlike World War One, they had no friends. Italy wasn't even, it wasn't even a guarantee that Italy would have joined. And as we know from our history during the war anyways, Italian help didn't really mean much. So if they were so, if they knew what they were doing was wrong, why would they keep a record of it? Because they didn't think what they were doing was wrong. In fact, and this comes from, uh, many people don't know, but Hitler was working on a sequel to uh, Mein Kampf. And there are some documents laying around, but the basic thesis of it was it was going to be released after they had eliminated the, Jew the, the Jewish population from Europe. And essentially it was going to be about how this new world would look that the Nazis would shape. They thought the world would thank them for killing all of these people. That is how twisted their morality became. They, and, and, and you can talk, I'm sure, with white supremacists, neo-Nazis, those kinds of people. You can talk with, with um, radicals on the other side, radical Islam, Not, you can't talk with jihadists, but, but if you could, if you could take a moment to get inside their brain, they don't see what they're doing is wrong. You cut somebody's head off because they're Christians in Syria and you think you're doing right by God. Well, what God would have you do that? Or at least not the Christian God, not the Jewish God. But we human beings can construct that morality, even though I hope what I'm saying that you know it's wrong to kill somebody, that you know it's wrong to hate somebody for their outer qualities, skin color, 
and belief system and all that. They may believe something different than you. And if you've seen my Atheist or Quitters videos, clearly I have certain belief systems that I don't like, but I would never kill anybody over it. I would never even hit somebody over it. Even though that's become, you see that on the left today, it's become pretty mainstream, shut down the opposition. And I would wager that most of, if not all of, the Antifa members, the far left, what has become the mainline Democratic Party, when they shut someone down, when they beat the elderly man who was wearing a Trump hat at an election, when they prevent people who look like conservatives from voting for Trump at the polls, they think they're doing a service to their country or their vision of America. Why? Because they've thrown everything out. They've thrown their moral base out to something that they construct that's, that, that, that's so self-centered, really, where their worldview and their entire existence is based off of and predicated on their belief system. There is no moral code outside of their structure of beliefs, their system of beliefs. And who can blame them? They weren't taught anything else. I mean, in, in, in the school system, in the public schools, we know, you know, respect for others, responsibility, uh, you know, don't hit Johnny because he took your truck, talk it out with him. But, but how, how, why? You can always ask that question when somebody says, when they don't have a moral standard, a moral ground, and they say, you know, we need to be fair and equal. And you ask the question, why? Now, the Christian answer to that is very simple. Well, God has clearly pl placed a dignity in every creature and every man. And so, therefore, they have the right to stewardship over their life. They can either choose to go with God or they can choose to go away from God. Now, of course, as Christians, we're supposed to help them discover God as we have. But we have an answer when somebody asks why, or we should. But to somebody who is purely a secular, someone who's thrown out religion, we'll call that, they don't even, they don't listen to Islam, they don't listen to, though it's not a real religion, they don't listen to Buddhism, they don't listen to uh, Hinduism, none of that. They've thrown it all out the window. So they say, someone like a, uh, that, that's on, on the left who says something or the professors who say something like we need to take the, the, from the rich and give to the poor. Okay, why? And they would say, well, we need to be fair and equal. We need to be, we need to have equality. Why? And are they going to tell you it's in some book? Are they going to tell you it's, well, it's in the Communist Manifesto. Why are you a communist? You say, well, it feels right, but feelings can lead you astray. I mean, have you ever had a one-night stand, right? Feelings can lead you astray. How do you know that what you're saying, how do you know that your morality, how do you know that what you think is right? And now, of course, we can go, there are two paths we can take here, and one is explain morality, and the fact that the very 
the very idea that human beings even have morality proves that there's a God because there's some sort of graduation, there's some sort of embedded knowledge of right and wrong. Can't always explain morals or what, what you think to be true, but if you see an old lady getting kicked in the stomach by you know some young 20-year-old, you know that's wrong. I mean, if you see someone getting robbed, you want to give them their, their, their things back. You want to endemify them. That's why we have insurance companies. So we have in ourselves an embedded knowledge of, or general sense of something that is right, wrong. We know, even if it's not a Christian or Jewish value, we know something is out of place when we see it. And the other path, of course, is the more practical and I think the one we're going to take today, which is, well, what are the effects of having this in society? I'm going to take a drink of water. So. I think there's a long enough pause you can cut. Okay. Well, the effects in society are very clear. We don't know who we are anymore. In terms of when the Founding Fathers said that we are and have a right to life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness, which came from John Locke's Life, Liberty, and Property, those values came from the Founding Fathers' belief that every human being, from a Christian perspective, has dignity, the right to ownership, or stewardship, and the right to express themselves. And that creates a society and a body of people who are willing to work for it. You see this all the time in, in places where people love to, 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 to work, and I'm not talking about the the millennial version where they get to essentially play and not work and only you know show up for six hours. I mean, in the places where people feel the most comfortable is when they feel accomplished, when they feel that even though they might be working hard, they can see their the effects of their work. See, I truly believe that the reason that the West was so successful is in the Judeo-Christian heritage, there's a deep-rooted sense of accomplishment and a sense of creation, because we were made in the image of God who creates. And when you acknowledge that somebody has the ability to create for themselves a life they only dreamed possible, you can truly unlock the potential of every human being. And that's what the U.S. was founded on, that man has the right to his own destiny. And that's why our government is George Washington could have easily just crowned himself king or made himself some sort of presidential dictator. And a lot of times in South America when they had their revolution against the Spanish, which was um, partly influenced because of the American Revolution on the same continent, you know, Mexico downward, a lot of those places ended up turning into presidential dictatorships after just a few years. And now they had a different a Catholic theology, and so I would argue so, so their society was structured a little differently, but why did ours succeed? Well, 
the common man had a say. Now, the, the government wasn't weak, at least not after the Articles of Confederation, but the government got out of your way. So that left us with an, an industrious people who wanted to be left alone, frankly. That's why we you look at uh, 200 years later, we stayed out of both world wars until it was just too late. Because we want to be left alone. And I think that's what makes up an American, industrious, but also reserved, private. But we're, we're losing that. And why are we losing that? Well, we've thrown out our morality. Now it's all about being equal. And I believe in equality. I don't think that the government should say, okay, you can do this, you can't do that. And it's all based on skin color, race, gender, all that stuff. We should all start, I have the, the best access to starting at the same place. But where you finish is based on you. You know, I, I mean, think of how many people we've seen lift themselves out of, uh, out of poverty and end up with uh, riches. Or think of how many washed up celebrities there are, people who had riches who fell all the way back down. It's not society's fault, it's their fault. And so what are we left with? And here's, here's how we're gonna wrap this all up together so I can, we can get you out of here uh, kind of quickly. My point is societies, people can construct a worldview for themselves that is morally irreprehensible. How, why is that morally irreprehensible? Because it's off, off track of what we know to be true, that every being has inherent dignity and stewardship over their lives. What's happening in American society? Well, because we've thrown religion and that sense of morality out of our academic, political, societal institutions, we have lost those tracks and now we're off the rails. And you can see that manifested in cries for equality in outcomes and don't, don't ever let somebody equivocate the two. Or it, segregation is terrible because what it essentially does is it says to one group of people based on some sort of outward trait that they can't control, you can't, you can't do Y because of X. And it's affecting how they start. But there should, and there shouldn't be a government regulation on it. That's, that we, I hope would agree that that's a bad thing. But by the same token, you can't also say, okay, once, you, once you've gotten to a certain level of success, you, you, you know, we can't let you have any more. That's just as bad because you're essentially limiting the amount of effort somebody can put in, which is a violation of their dignity and their stewardship over themselves, their right to govern themselves. And that is a founding principle in the United States. And the more we chip away at it, the more we attack it, the more we shift to a morally irreprehensible society, that's when we get the crime in the center. Hey guys, let me tell you what, I got my proof copy for my new book, Smoke and Mirrors, available on Amazon.com right now and at KevinPrendeville.com. But more important than that, let me tell you why I wrote this book. See, I believe that we all have the God-given ability to create in this world. But in order to manifest that, 
we need the ability to create wealth. And there are some things that the top earners do that the ones in the middle or even at the lower ranks don't. But what we can do is give them the strategies and the mindset needed to not only break out of where they are, but also never have their money subject to the bank, government, and financial institutions again. We go over the Federal Reserve, we go over those three institutions we named, we go over the mindset, all in just 115 pages, easily written in big text. You can read it or actually hear me speak about it on a live webinar that's free if you order it from my site, kevinprentaville.com, for a lower price than those guys at Amazon will give it to you for.